0: Welcome everyone, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, This is Waypoints live at the State Armory and we're so glad that you are with us. Now if you're a regular part of Waypoints, hopefully uh, you've got contacted in some way today. Uh, And if you didn't, that means we don't have your current information. So if you wouldn't mind sending us a message on Facebook or Instagram or our website or heck, if you got my cell phone, text it to me because we'd love to have your information so we can keep in contact with you. And if you're joining us for the very first time, well welcome, we're so glad to have you. And we just want to encourage you to dive right into the live chat uh, that is there on Facebook and YouTube and the other platforms. We're just glad that you're with us. Now, if you have been contacted uh, today from from Waypoints, hopefully you got your bag of popcorn because what is Waypoints without a little bit of popcorn? Just go ahead and take a nice smell of that and and enjoy it. Uh, If you didn't get your bag of popcorn, Well, hopefully you have some in the pantry, and if you do, go ahead and grab that bag of popcorn, put it in the microwave, uh, gather the family on the couch, around the TV, and join us as we dive in tonight. We're excited to, to be here and excited to just continue this amazing journey that we've been on, which we're simply calling Wisdom 2020. It is a a journey through the major themes of the book of Proverbs, and it's been an amazing a partnership with Waypoints and Church Project, and we're just happy to continue that tonight. So, if you'd like to follow along uh, on your phones or on your computer, we want to encourage you. We have an outline with scriptures and everything in version. So if you have an app on your phone, you can find it there. Uh, If you would like to use your computer, there should be a link there in the description of whatever platform you're on. And uh, you can go ahead and copy that uh, address and paste it on another page there and follow right along. If you're searching for us in version, you can look under Waypoints or Church Project in Greeley, Colorado, and you should find everything that you need for Tonight and we're really excited about it. So I want to go ahead and just dive in right away uh, and begin in prayer Uh, But first, let me just tell you this um, This outline that we created of topics uh, through the book of proverbs uh, was created uh, Created quite a while ago uh, several weeks ago at least and God's timing couldn't be more perfect on our subject for tonight it's not something we assigned to tonight. it was already there weeks ago because our God is a sovereign God, and he knows what's happening so tonight 's topic courage over fear please join me in prayer heavenly father we uh, we come before you tonight and we are just well we're we're a bag of emotions honestly uh, everything from from boredom to anxiety to fear to Maybe some crazy sense of excitement. Uh, maybe for some of us, nothing has really changed all that much. For some of us, we're off work. For some of us, uh, you know, we're, we're stay-at-home. For some of us, the kids are driving us nuts. I mean, we just have a wide variety of, of stuff that's going on. And, and God, we thank you that you're the God of every single thing. And we thank you that you are intimately aware and involved in all of that. And so, Lord Jesus, we invite you. Where two or more are gathered, even online, I'm sure that says that in the original Greek, uh, that that your presence is here, so God, we know that you're going to be moving tonight. Uh, And so, Father, we pray that you would move in our lives uh, and guide us in this journey as we continue to seek first you and your kingdom. Father, we love you. It's in your precious and holy name that we pray. And all of God's people said, amen, amen. Well, a couple of weeks ago, I had a student ask me, Hey, Coach, what do you think of this coronavirus? Uh, And I said, well, okay, a couple of things. First, you should know that the coronavirus has been around forever. Uh, It's pretty much what causes the the common cold. Uh, And second, I said, uh, you need to understand that uh, the world is going to end 20 or 30 times in your lifetime. Let let me tell you uh, about a little thing called Y2K. Uh, Let me tell you a little thing about the Mayan calendar and how the world was supposed to end in 2012. Let me tell you about the time in 2006 when Al Gore predicted the world would end in 10 years. Let me tell you about the time that Thanos snapped his fingers. It's amazing to me how many times I've seen the prediction of the end of the world. My birthday's coming up and I've just been kind of reflecting upon life Uh, I was raised in the 70s, and uh, in the 70s, we had a gas crisis, for those of you that were around then, and that caused huge mile-long lines at the gas station. We even rationed gas. Uh, As a society, we freaked out and panicked and lowered the speed limit to 55 miles an hour on the interstate. Can you even imagine? And if that wasn't bad enough, we're in the midst of the Cold War And we didn't have active school shooter drills in school. We had nuclear attack drills where we hid under our desks. I'm not sure how that was supposed to stop a nuclear bomb, but whatever. Uh, We had a financial crisis where the interest rate on a house loan was 13%. What are we, like at zero now? It's crazy. Uh, We moved into the 80s, right, where we had presidents being shot, the Pope was shot, space shuttles were exploding, volcanoes were erupting here in the United States, Uh, musicians and movie stars were dropping like flies, they're being killed, or overdosing. AIDS was announced, and the panic kicked in, and we thought you could get AIDS by sneezing on someone, or kissing someone, or swimming in the same pool as someone, or sharing a public toilet. It was nuts. And then came the 90s, and we had the Rodney King verdict creating riots all over the nation. Learned about homegrown terrorism with the Oklahoma City bombing with the Branch Davidian. Uh, O.J. Simpson's white bronco was leading a parade of policemen down the interstate. Uh, Napster was acting like Robin Hood, handing out free music it stole from rich musicians. Uh, Presidents were having more than friendly relationships with their interns. Uh, School shootings were filling the news. Then we rolled into the double zeros, and things got even weirder. Right? We had 9/11. Uh, we had stock markets crash, corporate scandals. We began a new war on terrorism. Mother Nature gave her, uh, gave us her own terror with Katrina uh, slamming, uh, Katrina slamming into our country. Uh, more school shootings. Outbreaks of Ebola, Burger King created chicken fries, we had the Boston Marathon bombing, Pluto was no longer a planet, it was a very chaotic time. And then we saw the last 10 years, which got even stranger, right? We had earthquakes in Haiti and Japan and Alaska, another hurricane hit, another outbreak of Ebola, more school shootings. We saw gay marriage legalized Brexit, Black Lives Matter, the Me Too movement, more elections. more impeachment hearings, the Chicago Cubs actually won something, Uh, people were planking all over the place, people were learning and doing the cup song everywhere, everyone wanted to know what is that fox really saying, Uh, people were arguing over a dress, was it black and blue or white and gold, and the Hawaiians were just happy that the ballistic missile threat was a false alarm. I mean, it's absolutely crazy, the things that we have seen And the panic that I've seen in my life, and here's the deal, my friends, there will always be chaos. There will always be trouble, there will always be something to fear, something to freak out about, something that will cause panic and you'll want to stockpile toilet paper. But take it from a man who survived riding in a car without a seatbelt, a man who used to throw metal lawn darts, a man whose mom actually left him in the car as she went into the store. A man who used to be stuck in one spot to use the telephone because it was attached to the wall. A man who had to keep a map in his car in order to get directions. A man who once owned a beeper. A man who survived people smoking on airplanes. A man whose first Mac computer had a screen of nine inches. Here it is. Here's what I learned. Chill out. The sky is not falling. Jesus is still on the throne the sun came up today, the sun will come up tomorrow. And Jesus tells us in the gospel of John, he says, in this world, you will be plagued with times of trouble, but you need not fear. Notice Jesus doesn't say there's nothing to be afraid of. He doesn't say there's no reason to be fearful. He just simply says, do not fear. Fear will not help you. It just doesn't. As a society, as a culture, we are more fearful than ever before. And I hear it all the time. It's not just with the corona freakout. Before the corona freakout, a few weeks before, we had some issues with North Korea, and I had a student come up to me and say, Hey, coach, are we really in World War III? Am I really going to get drafted? I'm just freaking out. Before that, before the North Korean thing, I had dreamers, friends, dreamers, who were like, "Uh, am I going to get deported? I mean, we will always... Find something to be afraid of. We will always freak out. I, I, I remember just a, a little short while ago, a couple of weeks ago, my, my mom uh, took my sister to the ER. And she walked into the ER and it was just people everywhere. It was packed, standing room only, people laying on the floor, mass chaos. Uh, and they finally get to the back and the doctor comes in and he's just a little frazzled. And he says, I have been here for less than an hour And I've already seen four people who were convinced they had the coronavirus, and they didn't even have any symptoms, and we just sent them home. It's all in their head. That's fear. That's what it does. And fear is such a powerful thing. Fear has shaped every aspect of how we view the world, because fear is contagious, It's more contagious than the coronavirus or any other disease. Fear is our response to a perceived danger because fear begins completely in our mind. What exactly do we fear? What is it that we are afraid of? Well, I'll tell you because it's the same for all of us. At the macro level, it is the same for all of us. We fear loss. We fear something being taken away. We fear that loss of losing something, right? The loss of losing control, the loss uh, of our health, the loss of an opportunity, the loss of our future, our future for our children, the loss of our culture, the loss of our freedom. We fear losing something. And that's what fear does. It reveals to us our most important values. It reveals to us what we love, what our priorities are, what we long for. And we fear losing what we love and we fear getting what we hate. Fear reveals a lot of what we find to be important in this life. And fear casts a vision into the future. And that vision does not have any optimism in it at all. In fact, fear uh, is a vision of the future with no hope. You see the future... You're seeing where your life goes now in your relationships, uh, in your job, in your finances. And you see no hope. Your vision is negative. Your vision is doom and gloom. Oh my gosh, this is going to be so bad. Because you see the future with no hope. And then fear turns us into prophets, right? And now I'm going to speak, right? Prophets are those who predict the future, and you know what prophets have the loudest voice? Fear prophets. Why? Because you can't make any money uh, you can't make any money by peddling hope. But you can sure raise a lot of money peddling fear. If it bleeds, it leads, baby. Our media knows this, man. Our media knows it. Our entire system is. ...built upon the fact that if I peddle fear, you will tune in and watch. Our entire political system knows that fear raises a lot of money. That's why you don't hear candidates talk about what they stand for. They talk about what to fear in their opponent. And they convince you that if the other person is elected, you are going to lose... But if you will send them $25, $50, $100, I will make sure to keep that fear away from you. Fear doesn't want you to vote for someone. It wants you to vote against someone else. Fear profits. Speaking into the future and saying, oh, this is going to be bad. It's going to be horrible. This is the worst case scenario. Oh, my God, we're all going to die. Chicken little, the sky is falling. Now, let me ask you a quick question. How many of you have actually feared something, and then when that something arrived, it didn't actually happen? Anybody ever have that, right? Yeah, or, or, or if it actually arrived, it wasn't nearly as bad as you thought it was going to be. Do I have any hands on that, right? You can still raise your hands at home on the couch. It's okay, right? See, there, there's something we need to know. Even uh, th- th- we need to realize that the fears that we believe mostly, will not come to pass. Maybe you've heard that acronym, that fear is this, false evidence appearing real. Most of the things that you fear will not actually happen. In fact, according to the latest scientific study, a whopping 91.5% of all fears are false alarms. Yeah, So that leaves you 8 and roughly a half percent, and out of those, overwhelmingly, the outcome is better than you expected it to be. That's why I love that worship song, Fear is a Liar, because that's exactly what it is. Fear lies to you, and it lies to you constantly, and that song just kind of cuts right to the heart of it and goes, boom, fear is a liar. It just loves to cause you to freak out and to panic. Even knowing that, knowing that fear is a liar, knowing that my fears may not be true, doesn't make them feel any less. (laughs) They still feel real. Our fears seem so reasonable to us, even if they're irrational. (laughs) We could have irrational fears, and they still seem very reasonable, right? And so reasoning with your fears, that won't fix them. You ever talk to somebody who has an irrational fear and you're speaking reason to them and it doesn't change them at all? Yeah, because they're still freaking out. It still feels real. It doesn't need to be real to feel really scary. Now, I'm not underplaying your fears at all. It is scary. But what I want to do is I want to speak directly to your fears. Let's begin with Scripture. Theologically, we need to understand that Satan is powerless in this world because of everything that Jesus did on the cross. And the only power he has left is his lies that he speaks to us. Satan is the father of lies. Jesus puts it this way. He was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth because there's no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character for he is a liar and the father of lies. Satan's goal is to get you to doubt. Satan's goal is to get you to worry about the future, to fear about the unknown, to fold like a card table. He's going to use people in this world as his mouthpieces, and he is going to speak into your insecurities that, oh, he knows so well. He knows how to push your buttons, and he's going to do it and he's going to do it well. Satan is your enemy, and he wants you to quit, so he brings his best game against you. And bringing that best game is using the voices you listen to to speak fear. And that's going to cause you to get not enough sleep. It's going to cause a boss to be too demanding, bills that are overwhelming, children that just won't obey, conflict with your spouse, friends are going to hurt your feelings, drivers are going to tick you off, cars are going to break down, situations are not going to go your way, health problems, anything he can do to get you from standing on the truth of Jesus Christ. He can do everything he can. Do not be fooled. Your battle is not against flesh and blood. Your battle is not against a physical problem. Your battle is not against the coronavirus. Your battle is against the lies, the enemy, Satan, And he's going to do everything he can to get you to believe his lies as truth. And he has two main goals with his lies, two strategies he's going to employ. One is discouragement, so the lack of courage. And the other one is fear. And when we're filled with fear, we will not have the courage to fight. So we'll just stop living and simply exist. So if you're ever wondering, am I allowing... The spirit of fear to control my life right now. If I, am I allowing the spirit of fear to have some influence in my life? I'm going to give you some signs from professionals that the spirit of fear could be in your life right now. If you're experiencing nervous twitch, it can be a hand or an eye, brain fog, trouble sleeping, high blood pressure, stomach problems, tension, headaches, chronic sickness, moments of unexpected anxiety and panic attacks, sadness or anger, thoughts or death, fantasy of suicide. If you're a Christian, obsession with in-time theology, the rapture, do we get to leave now? Come, Lord Jesus, rescue me and bring me toilet paper. All right, so if, if you're experiencing any of those things, fear could be manifesting in your life. In Psalms, or excuse me, in Proverbs 22, that's what we're in. Uh, in the book of Proverbs, chapter 22, we find this strange little story about a man who is frozen with fear. And he declares in verse 13, it says, there is a lion out there. If I go outside, I might be killed. This guy has locked himself in his house and he won't come out. And people are like, dude, you got to live your life. And he's like, No. There's a lion out there. I have been watching YouTube videos all day of lions eating people. I am not going out there. Now, the odds are there's not a lion outside. But he's absolutely convinced there's a lion out there. And because of that fear, it has crippled him. That fear has kept him locked in his house because fear wants to steal your life from you. It wants to steal your freedom. And what you fear establishes the boundaries of your freedom. And fear wants to make cowards of us all. My fear and my anxiety are rooted in what could happen, not in the reality of what will happen. But simply that chance that it could happen, that's established the boundaries of my life. And when we choose the spirit of fear... It is stealing your freedom, and it is stealing your future. Now, I, I want to <laughs> switch gears here. You're like, okay, Todd, you're coming at me, man. I get it. All right, I want to change gears here. I want to give you some hope. I want to give you some good news. I, I want to encourage you, and I love the word encourage. It means to pour in courage. So allow me to encourage or pour courage into you. See, Jesus has two powerful tools that he uses to combat fear and push us towards maturity in our spirituality. And they are truth and love. See, God is truth. 68 times in the four Gospels, Jesus uses the phrase, I tell you the truth. Why? Because he is the truth. In fact, he declares it in the Gospel of John. He says uh, this, chapter 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life jesus says this in john 18 i was born and i come into the world to testify to the truth all who love the truth recognize what i say is true we fight fear with truth the second thing is we fight fear with love first john chapter four says god is love and all who live in love live in god And God lives in them and as we live in God our love grows more perfect such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear when we know the truth and we are empowered by the love of God we can live a godly life because we know there is no situation No situation we will ever face that is beyond God's power and God's victory. Paul puts it this way in his second letter to Timothy, chapter 1, he says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, of timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline, or self-control, as some translations put it. You and I will always, always have a reason to fear. And the spirit of fear is going to use every opportunity to work in your life to crank up your fear. There is a spirit of fear moving in this world, and he is trying to crank up your fear inside of you. But the spirit of fear that rises up in you is not from God at all. You have the Holy Spirit. Therefore, that spirit is filled with the power of love, the power of truth, And so therefore, it gives you the power of self-control. You don't have to allow the spirit of fear to push you around because you have the spirit of God. And you need to understand that every single day in your life, there is a battle to fight with this, that you can either choose to welcome the spirit of fear or choose to welcome the spirit of God. Jesus has already won, man. The victory is, is secure, and our job is to stand on that truth, to believe in that truth, to live in that truth. Fear not. Now, how many times we find that in Scripture? It is all over the place. Let me give you this idea, man. This is the most frequently uttered command in the entire Bible. The first five books of the Bible alone, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, the Torah, have 613 commands. And if you take the totality of all of the Bible, that's all 66 books of scripture, and you pull out every single command, the one that is repeated more than any other command is the is the phrase fear not. And in every one of those situations, they had a reason to be fearful. They had a reason right there, but they were told fear not, meaning there's a choice. And most of the time when the Bible says fear not, then it tells them and us who God is. It describes how big and powerful he is. Who God is is supposed to change how you live. You have a reason to fear, but you're not going to give in to fear because you have a reason to believe and trust in your God. His power should override our fear, our worry, our anxiety. Don't freak out about it. Don't stress out about it. Do all that you can and then simply trust God that he knows what he's doing. That he's got all things in his hand. See, they're working on a cure for the coronavirus, but the only cure for fear is God. The wisdom of the Proverbs tells us in chapter 3 verse 24, you can go to bed without fear. You will lie down and sleep soundly. That doesn't mean you don't have any problems in your life. It just means we're not supposed to be controlled by the spirit of fear. Lady wisdom, that is like this epitome of wisdom in Proverbs 31 says this, that this lady is clothed with strength and dignity. Catch this, I love this. And she laughs Without the fear of the future. And see, when you are trusting God with your life, there's an absence of fear, an abundance of love, and everlasting freedom. Your life boundaries will no longer be drawn by fear, they will be drawn by love. See, time may be measured in minutes, but life is measured in moments, defining moments. And those defining moments are when you and I are fearless. See, that's the goal of faith, is to make us fearless. Wisdom of the Proverbs, one more. Chapter 19 tells us this. The fear of the Lord leads to life, bringing security and protection from harm. So why is the fear of God the starting point towards Wisdom. See, whatever you fear has mastery over your life. And if you are only fearing God, then he becomes your only master. If fear limits your freedom, then the fear of God gives you the most freedom. See, when you fear God and he has overwhelming love, then you are going to be consumed by this perfect love, and that's going to cast out All fear that you have here in this world. It's only when we love Him that His love casts out all fear in our life. So, when we love the Lord our God with all our heart, our soul, our mind, our strength, fear no longer has power in our life. And we are finally and most beautifully set free because we got nobody to fear. We have nothing to fear. Our God is on the throne. And so as we grow in our relationship with God, we're gonna unlearn a lot of these fears in our life that have paralyzed us, that have neutralized our spirituality. And unlearning our fears is really a process of learning to trust God more and more. And as I trust God more and more, I have less fear in my life. Therefore, I have more courage to step out in faith, and live the life God has created me to live. (laughs) It's not Corona, I'm good. I love the way that Paul puts it in Ephesians chapter 4. He's writing to these believers in Ephesus, and he says, I beg you, I beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling, for you have been called by God. So you cannot live for God and live in fear. The Bible gives us glimpses of men and women courageously stepping beyond the realm of their comfort, stepping into their fear and safely living by faith. Noah sailing humanity through troubled waters, Abraham rescuing Lot from his kidnappers, Joseph rescuing his entire people from a plague, Miriam taking terrifying risks, Ruth and Esther and their supernatural commitment, David picking a fight with a giant. I mean, God has told us how he wants us to live by giving us these examples. And the examples of a faithful humanity are examples of a courageous humanity. Too many times we pray as if God's purpose is to keep us from getting scared. The goal of life is not the elimination of fear. The goal is to muster the moral courage to live the life you're created to live. And I am convinced the only thing that is holding you and me back from our destiny is just one simple act of courage. So I want to continue to encourage you Pour courage into you By giving you some practical steps How do you live courageously In the face of corona It just was, It just rhymed it, just, it was just there All right, <laughs> uh, Because I want you to have wisdom Not worry I want you to have a plan not panic I want to encourage Breathe courage into you With five things Number one Do what you're supposed to do And care for your body. Common sense. And the first thing you gotta do, you gotta wash your hands, right? You gotta disinfect things. You gotta be smart. You gotta be wise. Do what you can do to help those within your six foot bubble to be healthy, to be decontaminated. You do the smart thing, all right? Do that. I'm not telling you just to to go willy nilly with it. Be smart, okay? Number two, pray. Don't panic One of my favorite verses in the Bible Philippians chapter 4 Verses 6 through 8 It says Don't worry about anything Instead pray about everything Tell God what you need Thank him for what he's already done And then you will experience God's peace which Which exceeds anything we can understand His peace will guard your hearts and minds As you live in Christ Jesus and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thought, or final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. See, when, when fear starts to speak to your heart and your mind, then you need to start speaking to the fear. And you need to be praying. And prayer is powerful And it fights that fear because it's speaking the truth of God and your relationship with God and the kingdom of heaven and it's speaking into it. And you have chosen not to give into anxiety. You've chosen not to give into that spirit of fear. You have turned to God and said, God, I trust you. So I want to encourage you, man, you got to turn, turn your ear to God and turn off the news. You got to turn off the fear prophets and turn up the hope prophets. Jesus is still on the throne. He still has power and authority. He asks you to pray, so pray. Number three, got to watch your words. My friends, people are listening. and People are watching, and as believers in Jesus, they're wondering what your faith has to say about their fear. And when you are speaking as a believer, You are speaking on behalf of God, or at least in other people's eyes, you are. So you have to be careful about what you're saying and what you're posting because people are listening. People are scared. People are worried. People are panicking. They got questions. They got anxiety. And you are the voice of hope and faith in their lives. So watch the words that you use. How many of your posts, I got a question for you. How many of your posts about the virus, and how many of your posts are about Jesus? See, don't be Satan's mouthpiece by speaking fear. You can't be acting like the rest of the world. We're called to be different, so different that we're responding differently, so that people say, why are you responding differently? And your answer is, I have a different spirit. I don't have the spirit of fear, I have the spirit of God, so I respond differently. There's hope, and that hope is Jesus, and Jesus is on the throne. You've got an answer for them. And let me tell you this, there is something worse than this virus. And it's not only infecting a percentage of us, it's affecting all of us, and it's killing all of us, and that is the contagion of sin. It's passed on and transmitted from our first father, Adam. It's been infecting the entire human race. We're all underneath the death sentence, and the ultimate and only cure is Jesus, and you're the voice of that cure. Number four, worship God. You can either worry about what is to come, or you can worship the one who is over all things. Those are your options. So let me ask you another question. How much time have you spent watching the news, researching the internet, complaining to other people about the current situation? Go on, think about it for a minute. How much of your day has been consumed in the last week, last two weeks, last three weeks, in getting all of the information of this, posting about the information, having conversations about it? Now compare that to how much time have you spent in prayer, in worship, reading your Bible, reading a good devotional, listening to a message, connecting with people about Jesus. Are they equal? 50%? 10%? You're giving the virus more worship than you are Jesus because your focus is your worship. Are you worshiping the right things? Number five, stay in community. Yeah, 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 six foot bubble, I get it, okay? I don't have to be physically in your hamster ball in order to be in relationship with you. Honestly, I think the biggest spiritual attack to come out of this whole freak out about the coronavirus may not be the fear, but the social distancing caused from the fear. Yes, stay safe, yes, yes, yes. Keep from contaminating each other. Yes, yes, yes. But social distancing does not equal relational distancing. Satan wants you to be alone. He wants you to be isolated, and we're doing the work for him. Stay in community. Technology is awesome. Call each other, FaceTime each other, be on, in online small groups, text each other. We need people, and right now people need someone to care about them check on each other check on your neighbor be the church right now i believe you and i stand at perhaps the greatest moment the church has seen in our lifetime the opportunity to be the voice of hope to share the gospel and to be courageous in the face of corona i'm a student of history i have a degree in history i love history And when we look at history and we see the most difficult moments in history, it was those moments when the church expanded, when the church grew, because the courage of the church was inspiring. And the courage spread the truth of God. And the courage became evangelistic. See, Christians should be the most courageous people on the planet. In fact, Christianity uh, today should, uh, should be... If Christianity around today is the most courageous that it's ever been, then you and I can change the world. Courage in the face of adversity is natural action to the knowledge and the truth that you and I are loved and redeemed by God. And when you embrace God's truth and God's love, you will become courageous And when you know he has all things under his power and under his control, everything there, he's got your back, then you will be courageous. Hundreds of times throughout Scripture, God is constantly telling us, fear not, be courageous, don't be afraid, I am with you. Those are the things we need to hold on to. See, our world right now isn't just having a run on supplies, it's having a run on hope. What people need now more than toilet paper is hope. And whenever God calls us to something, it's going to inspire not only our faith, but also our fear. God always sums us to something bigger than ourselves. And I'm convinced that this is the moment when the church becomes the church in more ways than I've ever seen in my lifetime. Will you join me and be the church? Right now, I want to pause my part of the conversation. And I want you to engage your part of the conversation. Even if you're watching by yourself, maybe you pick up the phone, maybe you're doing it in the live chat. But I want you to dialogue about a couple of questions right now, and I'm going to give them to you. Question number one is this Are you facing this situation with fear or courage? Question number two How can you be a louder voice of hope? And then question number three. How can you stay connected to community? We're going to give you a couple of minutes right now in this video where you can have some group discussion. So keep us online. You're just going to see these questions kind of at the bottom of your screen. Keep us online, and and here in about five or six minutes, we're going to kick up with some worship music. We encourage you to stick around and be a part of that because it is so important that we worship our God together, all right? We'll come back in a couple of minutes. Go for it.